Hey, welcome to The Outlet, a podcast brought to you by Regenerate Student Ministries. Here's your host, Trey Bird and Cody Dewitt. What's going on, guys? We're really doing this thing. You you might have thought we were uh, playing around, but uh, podcast is of the 21st century, so... Very popular. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's for two old guys like Brother Cody and myself that have nothing better to do with their time, (laughs) uh, but to sit around and listen to... uh, some music clips and and uh, scratching our head and just uh, figuring out how we can make the world a better place. There's so many to choose from, bro. This has been one of the hardest things. How long have we been here? We've been here like two hours trying so, to, trying to figure this out. I think I got here at like five thirty, five forty ish, and we've just been tinkering around with cables and music and nasty reheated fifty cent corn dogs from Sonic. <laughs> Man, I, I went to Sonic yesterday, Brother Cody, and it was uh, 50 Cent Corn Dog Day. For Praise God. Celebration of the end of school, beginning of summer. And, man, I bought a dozen of them things. And I uh, gave Sister Christina a couple of them, and I ate four. And then I'm thinking, all right, I've got six left over for tomorrow. And I'm going to eat them dudes, every last one of them. Well, you know what? We got here at the Dobbs Ministry Center, and uh, somebody donated a microwave. But... Um, Heated them things up, and it was just very far below my... It's not the same. I'm not even going to eat them, and I feel bad about it because hot dogs had to die to go into that corn dog. Yeah. So, anyway, this is The Outlet, guys, and this is going to be our uh, Regenerate podcast. Shout out to Regenerate Student Ministries of Word Alive Revival Center, of which we are the youth directors Yes. I am the youth director, and Brother Cody is the assistant youth director, he and his wife, and my wife and I. And this is something that we are very passionate about, something that we, we love dearly, and it's something that we um, we, we live and breathe uh, youth, and we we want you guys to succeed, and we want you to do well in everything that you do. And uh, there's going to be a purpose to this podcast, but we just want to give a brief introduction uh, to ourselves, Brother Cody, if you want to introduce yourself to the listening audience. Well, uh, it's like Brother Trey said, and I am the uh, assistant youth director here at uh, Word Alive Revival Center. Uh, me and my wife, Sarah, we uh, help out Brother Trey and Sister Christina in any way that we can. And um, Let me point out that you help out with hyphen, high school, and middle school. Yes, you help out with... Not just designated to one age group, but you are uh, spread amongst us all. That's exactly right. We all, you know, between the four of us, we... That's the way we all, all of us are. We, we're for, there's no uh, hyphen leader, junior high leader, nothing like that. We, we, all four of us are for the, all of Regenerate. And uh, so we've been doing that for a while now, and it's been, it's been wonderful. We've been trying to figure out different ways to uh, reach more people, and, and this was one of those avenues. This is something that we, that we came up with and that we feel like is going to be a, a huge asset, not only to the students of Regenerate, but also to those who are uh, abroad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope that this uh, <clears throat> helps youth ministers all around the world, around the country. Um, I'm Trey, Trey Bird. Um, I uh, have been in church for only about eight years. Um, have always had a burden for the youth and young people. And my wife, she grew up in this church, um, born and uh, actually her family was part of the establishing uh, members I guess, of Word Alive Revival Center. Uh, used to be uh, First Pentecostal Church of Bond, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, my wife and I have been 
uh, youth directors now since uh, August of 2017, but we've helped uh, um, Pastor Chad Bayo and Sister Sabrina Bayo, um, very influential people in my life, and have molded me and spent a lot of time with me and taught me a lot. But um, we love this, man. We I wouldn't do, you know trade it for anything else in the whole world, and I just believe that uh, our young people are the greatest young people. Oh in, yeah, in without question. World. I mean, we're we're partial. We. We know. Absolutely. Well, that's not what we do full-time, though. We are uh, – that's our – I guess that's our second full-time job. Yeah. Really. Um, I don't have a job. Right. We, we don't work a day of our life. I don't work a single day of my life. But what we do is uh, both Brother Trey and I are hospice chaplains. Yeah, absolutely. We we help people that are uh, terminally ill, uh, not just those that are sick, but their families as well. And, and like I said, or like Brother Cody said, we don't work a day of our lives – uh, because it's something that we love and it's something that God has absolutely placed us in and called us to do. And so uh, we're very passionate about that as well, just like we are with young people. Uh, but just want to give you a, a brief overview of what this is. Um, this is going to be available on our Regenerate app. And if you don't have our Regenerate app, you can go to the Apple Store or Google Play Store, type in Regenerate Student Ministries, and you will find it. It has the battery logo. Uh, pretty nifty app. We, we like to include a lot of good resources on that app. Uh, we spent a lot of time and definitely a lot of money oh, yeah. <laughs> getting that uh, app set up, but it's all worth it, and it's all as unto the Lord. So um, we're going to incorporate this into our app and, and probably on social media and, and things such as that. But um, we uh, Regenerate uh, is a student ministry group. We're part of the United Pentecostal Church International, and uh, we're located in Wiggins, Mississippi. Uh, the name of our church, you've heard us mention it, is Word Alive Revival Center. And uh, basically, this uh, ministry has been in existence uh, for quite some time. Uh, Brother Brian Lee and his wife, uh, I believe, kind of began back in the day uh, with this ministry, to my knowledge. And then uh, Pastor Bayo and his wife uh, took it over and, and uh, what was formerly known as Generation Now, uh, in recent a couple of recent years, we uh, have transitioned to regenerate. We felt God move us into that, but we uh, we deal with youth uh, from sixth grade all the way up to uh, career age young people. Uh, so I would say anywhere from eleven to twelve to thirty, and uh, we have a uh, hyphen ministry uh, that is for college students, young adults, eighteen to thirty, uh, married or unmarried. And we also have a high school group and a middle school group. Uh, but we just, we love them, man. We love all you guys. Shout out to uh, everybody in Regenerate. And uh, we're, we're really proud of, of what you guys do and uh, appreciate your faithfulness and, and your attendance. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is an idea that Brother Cody and I had uh, to have this uh, podcast. Uh, and as, as a resource for you guys, we want you guys to be equipped uh, we want you guys to uh, to be inspired, and we want you to uh, be successful in, in not only life, but also in uh, your ministry and in your walk with God. And we really take this seriously. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, this is something that I wish that I would have had coming up. You know, yeah. I would have loved to have had a, a resource, whether it be podcast or, or something, to where you can just sort of, you know, tap into what your youth directors are thinking, what God is putting on their minds, and uh, you know, we've got some stuff we're going to talk about today that I would have loved, to, like I said, I would have loved to have had. To have had. Absolutely. And so uh, this is not something 
that we're doing because we don't have anything else to do. Um, there are other things that we could be doing, but I really feel like God is going to use this. And uh, just to be clear about the you know Regenerate app, I've had some people outside the church that I've invited to, to download the app, and they're like, well, that's fine, but I don't go to your church. You don't have to attend our church to download the app. Um, there are things in there that whoever you are, uh, you can benefit from the, some of the resources that are in there, uh, this podcast being one of them. And also, uh, this isn't going to be something that is going to be the same every time. Um, we have different plans for this podcast. We have, uh, we've talked about, you know, Brother Trey and I have talked about some various ideas of um, episodes and, and what we're going to talk about during those, but also, you know, have guests and even have students on and some lessons that this, the possibilities are, are endless. And I am extremely excited about it. This is something I love doing. Yes. And uh, I believe God is going to use this in a way that we currently can't imagine. Absolutely. So we're uh, going into summer. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of getting their downtime. They want to relax. School's been hectic. Uh, life has been hectic. Uh, I'm telling you, man, the first part of this year has it's been... It's hot. It, well, yeah, it's already hot. You're talking about hot, dude. I want to talk about anxiety. You know, we were talking about before we began podcasting this, we were kind of nervous. Yeah. You know? And, uh, which is weird because, I mean, we've done this before. Yeah. You know? But I was, I was mentioning something to you about block breathing and it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, but it, uh, it actually helps, man. I, uh, I'm not saying I suffer with anxiety, but everybody gets a little, uh, you know, excitement and adrenaline mm-hmm. starts to flow and stuff. And, and it really helps block breathing. Uh, this is, this is free. You guys, you can, uh, use this. I'm ready. Um, yeah, totally free. Uh, block breathing is, uh, I guess it helps your heart rate and it helps your blood pressure and it, you know, like refreshes your brain. I'm not really sure. My brain could use a good refreshing sometimes. Yeah. So (laughs) basically what it, what you do is uh, you start out by emptying your lungs of air and you just push all of the air out of your lungs that you can and you hold it for four seconds. So it doesn't have to be four seconds. It could be six. It could be two. It could be. 10, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, but you, you exhale all the air that you can for, we'll say four seconds. And then you slowly breathe in through your nose for four seconds. And then once you've, you know, at the end of that four seconds, or once you feel your, I like to, once I fill my lungs up, I just kind of hold it. Now I don't like put a stopper on it. I just kind of leave my airway open and I just hold that pressure for four seconds or whatever. And then I let it out until all of the air is out of my lungs again, hence block breathing. So you you start at one point, you go through the, the motions and, and, uh, you know, what's ironic. What's that? The thought of doing all that is giving me anxiety. Right. But it, it really <laughs> helps. I was laying in bed the other night and, you know, sometimes your mind just doesn't want to stop. And, oh, yeah. you know, you, you think about life and you think about things going on and people and struggles and things. And, and, uh, you, you know, you wish you could like, blink your eyes and tap your foot or something and the anxiety go away or the excitement or, or, you know, your mind calm down, but it really worked, bro. I'm telling you within 30 seconds I was out and, uh, Oh, that's beautiful. And like sitting around at work and stuff or, or, you know, when I'm about to go into a patient's home, I'll, I'll, you know, do block breathing for a couple of minutes. And I know guys that are, I read about guys, uh, as I was researching this, that use it as part of their workout. And obviously, we don't work out. I mean, I mean obviously. Uh, yeah, we're just... How many corn dogs did you buy? I brought 12. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So guys actually include this in their workout 
regiment and they do it for like 20 minutes. Oh my goodness. And it just, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, there's obviously something to it. Maybe we should try it for a while. I'm not like block breathing or working out, uh, breathing, not working out. Yeah. yeah. We, we, sh- we should do both. We we're not to, going to do, we encourage you to breathe. Yes, please breathe. So well, I had this idea, um, you know, we went to hyphen retreat last year and, mm-hmm. and, and pastor court Chavis was there and, uh, he didn't really preach. He just kind of spoke to us and, and the Holy ghost fell and, and we just had a great time in the Lord, but he really brought up a great point about young people in a, in a time of transition, uh, say a high school senior that graduates high school mm-hmm. and goes through the summer and enters into college. And one of his great points was the reason that a lot of young people mess up and all, the reason that a lot of people fall away from the church and things is they don't know how to handle responsibility. I remember that. Like they, they don't know, you know, nobody taught them uh, how to stay out of debt. Nobody taught them uh, how to how to really make uh, wise decisions, you know, to think multiple steps ahead about what what's going to happen on the other side of this decision block breathing might help here but um yeah so he talked about that and ever since then man it has really just resonated in me and uh you know he's right uh you look at the statistics and and i've said this in church before but i think i read a barna uh survey that says seven in ten young people that are in the church that enter college leave the church seven in ten mm. 70 70 percent that's crazy of the 70 percent that leave the church uh 30 percent come back so that's not three people that's less than three people of, right. of seven people so two point something uh but man that's that that strikes a chord in me and it just breaks my heart and and i've been there and uh this is this is the the awesome power of this podcast brother Cody, is we can talk about us being there yeah and in turn helping people and so uh, we've come up with this idea regenerate that um, we're going to call a summer series called adulting prep course and all we're basically going to do is we're just going to talk about adulting you know you wake up on days and you're like i don't want to adult today too bad can i just dog i want a dog today today. And, and, and like you know dogs just they take naps wherever they want and yeah. they eat and drink and just run and play and other things. But, uh, you know, some people want a cat. I just want a cat today. I don't want to go lay in a windowsill and, <laughs> or jump on a TV and knock it off the dresser. Oh, right? if only, you know, yeah. I'm allergic to cats. Uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about adulting and it's going to be like a summer series. As brother Cody said, we've got, uh, multiple people that are going to be coming on this show and, and doing segments with us. We've already asked, some uh, phenomenal people, young people of God. Not, I'm not talking about uh, some ancient uh, Moses lookalike. I'm talking about people that are your age, people that are a little bit older than you, hyphen age, uh, young adult age, people that have gone through a little bit of life, and they're just going to talk about their experiences in college and in life and marriage and, and having children, and but, but preparing for that. Yeah, You don't have a, a high school class that's titled adulting. You know, you have history and you have math and you have Spanish and you have, uh, you know, world geography and, and, you know, whatever. But you don't have a class that is about adulting. And, you know, that responsibility kind of falls on the parents. Right. And, and so, you know, as parents, maybe sometimes we didn't. I'm not a parent, but speaking on behalf of parents, uh, you know, maybe parents didn't get that training. And they've had to learn the hard way. And Yeah. They don't really know how to relay that message to the young people, to their to their kids. And so 
we just want to be real and we just want to talk about adulting. And so uh, uh, this is really uh, exciting. And I think the first thing, as I was thinking about this, um, the first topic that I really wanted to address, uh, and I feel like the Lord dropped into my mind and into my spirit was, before you can move into the future, young people, before we can address what you're going to, we need to touch on where you've been and we need to touch on your past. And a lot of times in our past, there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of regret. Um, Brother Cody, we've met some young people that have come to our church recently that were just sick and tired of how they were living. Yep. And, uh, you know, they felt, uh, literally felt God pull them to this church and and pulled them to this truth and, and to this doctrine, and, and we were able to, to share the, the message of salvation to them and, and, and what it's like. And, and, you know, we've had some young people baptized in Jesus' name and some young people, you know, get filled with the Holy Ghost and, and refilled with the Holy Ghost and things like that. But we got to deal with that shame. Yeah. I, I feel like it could be a big wedge, um, you know, between people and, and moving forward, um, and so we've got a, a little, some extensive stuff here that we're going to kind of cover. But the first question, I think, uh, obviously, what is regret? Um, everybody knows the feeling. You, you, Brother Cody, you know what it feels like. Yeah, it's, to, it's not good. To make a decision and to either instantly, uh, in some cases, or later on down the line, in your mind or, or to somebody say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. That is regret. Mm-hmm. And I'm on this website called uh, uh, psychologytoday.com. I'm not endorsing this site, but it's just a good resource that I found. And it asks the question, what is regret? And, and the definition that uh, this article gives is uh, regret is a negative cognitive and emotional state that involves blaming ourselves for a bad outcome, feeling a sense of loss or sorrow at what might have been, or wishing we could undo a previous choice that we made. Um, so I asked you the question earlier, is regret an emotion? Is regret an emotion? So love, you know, we say that love is an emotion. Yeah. And we say that uh, joy and happiness is an emotion. Uh, that's partly true. Yeah. You know, because love, you know, you also say that love is a choice. Love can be an action, mm-hmm. you know, joy, uh, happiness. You know, you can choose to be happy, you know, regardless of your circumstances and situation. Uh, but regret is absolutely an emotion. This this definition says it's an emotional state. Right. So uh, that that refers to the fact that it, it's, a, it's something that you can be in for any length of time. Right. You may regret a decision for 10 minutes, uh, or you may regret a decision for 10 years. Uh, hopefully you never have to do that. But uh, Brother Cody and I, we're, you know, mid-20s. I'm almost 30. And, and so we've, uh, you know, we've we've been through some things that we probably regret. Without question. Yeah. Without question, man. I, I am familiar with regret. I, I used to uh, really have a problem with, with and, and I think we all do as young people, you you make a mistake, and you know the, the devil. He is absolutely the accuser of the brethren, and he will he will really hound you over something that you did or some. It can even be something that you said, and it's like, well, you know, I, I really regret saying that. And those are the those are the things that you know you really can't take back. 
is words. Right. Words, once they've went forward, they've done their damage. And you really, I mean, you can try to, you can be reconciled and someone may forgive you for what you said, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to forget. And with that knowledge, sometimes comes regret. Yeah. And, and things can be taken out of uh, context, taken out of the way you meant it. And brother, I got story after story. I, I am very familiar with regret. You got one you want to share? Uh, let's see, off the top of my head. Well, I do have one. I, 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 I do. I sure do. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, and uh, that was uh, that was something that the Lord had, had orchestrated for my life. And sometimes uh, I have a tendency to, I don't mean to sound as harsh as I sound, and sometimes I get to feeling, you know, I can be in a situation where I feel overwhelmed, and part of my attempt to escape that situation is to be short with the person or the people that I'm around in an attempt to become isolated so that I can sort of get my thoughts together and then uh, approach the situation, you know, kind of more together than what I am. Mm. So there was a situation, uh, I won't go into too much, too many details, but there was a situation that involved my great-grandmother. Uh, she is now 93. This was a couple of years ago, but um, she was just trying to help me, and I was feeling overwhelmed, and I felt bombarded by questions and and all these other things, and and I just kind of, you know, just said something that I I just it wasn't what I said. It was very much how I said it, yeah. and it offended her, um, and I and I left, and I found out later that. Uh, you know, that my, my grandmother had walked in there to where she was, uh, and she found her crying. And she called me and let me know, you know, what you said. We call her Granny. What you said really hurt Granny, and to the point that she's in there and she's crying. And I tried to justify it at first, and I was like, well, I didn't mean it that way. And she's, you know, she's going to have to be not as not quite as sensitive. And she's like, no, you, you need to apologize. And so once I got my pride where it needed to be I went down there to her house and I walked in and sure enough she was still crying and I had to uh I, I apologized to her and I hugged her up and she was gracious and she forgave me but uh sometimes man I'll still think about that that I made my great-grandmother who's done everything in the world for me and my wife and, yeah. and you know even, even me growing up has never complained has never done anything wrong to me mm. the fact that I made her that I hurt her you know, wow. it's something that you can, I, I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And that's not something that beats me up. Like, cause obviously she's forgiven me and we've reconciled and our relationship is wonderful. But the fact that I'm even still able to bring it up, you yeah. know, it just, it's something I really regret doing. Right. You Man, know? I've, I've experienced a lot of regret myself. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, used to ride four wheelers a lot. Uh, my friends and I were, we didn't have the, uh, the old, not at first anyway, we didn't have the old mud type four wheelers that you, yeah. you know, try to sink and get stuck in the mud. I mean, we did a little bit of that, but we had the racing type. We had the, what they call them quads and, uh, we rode quads a lot and, and, um, there was a lot of jumping and a lot of like obstacles and, and just really fast, really high jumps, really, uh, you know, just very prone to accident. And I've had a many accidents. <laughs> and uh, I remember this one story. One time we were, uh, my buddy and I were, we were at Red Creek Off-Road a uh, long time ago, and we got rained out of work or something, and so we decided to go over there. And uh, 
we had our quads and, and it's not really a park for quads it's it's a park for mud bikes and things but there are some trails and stuff that you could ride and so we wanted to try it out we had never been and uh, we had found one area that was kind of wide open and flat and just ideal for our bikes you know we wanted to race and see whose bike was faster and and who could get to the you know other end of this little field you know quicker and uh, there was uh, two ponds on this field. So it was, it was about, probably as big as a football field, I would say. Mm-hmm. And on the right side and on the left side, there were obviously mud holes that they had dug out. And uh, so there were people playing in their four-wheelers, on their four-wheelers in, that, in those holes, you know. Uh, but in the middle, uh, probably about 50 yards wide and 100 or 150 yards long, was this, this wide-open stretch of, of uh, you know, real estate i guess and <laughs> and uh so we took off man and, and my buddy had his four-wheeler he had done some work to his so he kind of passed me up and got in front of me but uh, we noticed as we were racing um we were coming up on an area where the the ground had washed out like it was a big washout on the left hand side and i was on the left hand side uh or no i was on the right hand side he was on the left hand side and so we come up on this area so he kind of coasts over to the right and he's right in front of me probably a, a four-wheeler length ahead of me and uh <laughs> we uh, so he was coasting over to the right and i was coming up on him quick so i don't know if he started to slow down and i didn't notice but my front tire caught his back tire and i know we were in fourth gear and we used to ride these bikes on the highway and they would pass cars doing 60 miles an hour quick i mean just fast fast quads and yeah and so my front tire i know we were in fourth gear which, which meant we were doing at least 50 to 55 miles an hour, um, caught his back tire, and it happened in a blink. Like, it was so quick. Uh, his, his bike, because of the tires meeting, we had knobby tires on, on there. And so they just, it was just like Velcro, man. They stuck together. Well, his bike pulled my bike over the top of his, literally pulled it over the top. And it all happened so fast, like within a, within a second. Uh, his bike... My bike went over the top of him while he while we were flying, I mean, just haul and tail, and slung him off. Well, simultaneously, my bike was still going over the top of his bike, and it slung me off. It shot me forward like a slingshot. My goodness. Like a rock out of a slingshot. And, and I remember the last thing I remember uh, before I hit the ground, I shot ahead like I was flying like Superman, head first, about to hit the ground. I remember seeing the ground get – closer to my body or like me getting closer to the ground yeah and the last thought that went through my mind before i blacked out was i messed up <laughs> yeah you did this was a mistake <laughs> and so before i even hit the ground i blacked out so i don't remember hitting the ground i don't remember rolling i don't remember flipping i don't remember stuff flying everywhere honestly we should have died yeah we both had helmets on and i think that's ultimately what saved us uh but i woke up uh in one of those mud holes I was soaking wet, and there were people all around me, like you, you see in movies and you see maybe on television shows, people that come to you and there's people like standing over you, looking down. Mm-hmm. That's the view I had. And mm-hmm. I still had my helmet on, and it was all messed up and stuff and had mud. I was hurting. And I remember waking up and seeing these people just standing all around me. Man, are you okay? Bro, we thought, we, we thought you were dead. Are you, are you okay? And I'm like, I didn't even realize what happened. Yeah. And so what it basically, to make a long story short, he wrecked. It slung me off. I hit the ground and went flipping. It did the same with him. It just totally annihilated both of our quads. And and uh, I'm talking about, like, wheels bent, handlebars bent, stuff broke. Don't even know how we drove them to the truck, but we did. And uh, 
the only thing that saved us was the good Lord and, and our helmets. Uh, but I just remember that regret, that instant regret, <laughs> flying through the air, seeing the ground coming at me. And before I black out, I'm like, uh, this was, this, uh-oh. Mistakes <laughs> yeah, were made. Th- that, was, that went through my mind. I have messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and so regret is a real thing. It is. And sometimes it's instant like that, and then sometimes it takes a little while. Um, it's crazy. Uh, we could we could tell all kinds of stories. I know there's there's lots of things, uh, lots of stories that we could tell. Oh, I want to sure. I want to share something work related, and I can't use names of people here for uh, uh, you know for various reasons. But uh, I was visiting with a, a lady the other day. Um, she's been a patient of ours for quite some time, and and she's recently taken a turn for the worst, which usually happens with hospice patients, and. Uh, was sitting beside her bed and she was laying in bed. She was to the point where she was so weak. She couldn't, she couldn't really get out of bed and, and uh, do much, but she could talk and she was kind of loony and a little loopy. I don't know, maybe from medicine and, and just the decline of her yeah. disease. But uh, the nature of our job, as you know, is we, we deal, we help people that are dying, like literally dying. And it's not always old people. No. When I say old people, I mean like ninety-year-olds, right. ninety-five. Those, those that you would you know, expect, like when you think of hospice. Those at the end of life, uh, end of life can mean any age, right? You know, because the Lord numbers our days, and He knows when our day comes. I hear that so much. People say, "Well, well, the good Lord knows." You know, there's a time, and and the good Lord knows. You know, people tell me this all the time. Well, he knows when when it's my time, and He's no matter what. When it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Right. And sometimes that's at different ages for people. And it's really a tough topic to talk about. But I was sitting here talking with this lady, and we got a few moments of privacy. Um, and uh, she's not, you know, she's not 90. She's not in her 90s. She's not in her 80s. She's not even in her 70s. She's, uh, uh, you know, above mid, mid middle-aged, I guess you could say. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we were talking, and, and she kind of started breaking down and crying and uh not like sobbing, but, you know, tears coming to her eyes. And we were talking about God and we were talking about her relationship with God. And, and, uh, I asked her, you know, what do you, how do you feel about death? And how do you feel about this, you know, real possibility that, that you're going to die? And she just cried and she said, I don't want to leave. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm not ready. And, uh, it really hit home. Like it hit, it hit home for me. Yeah. Uh, seeing it in this in this woman's eyes and and hearing it in her voice and I said well uh, you know what's it you know how, what, what, in your opinion how do you feel like it's you're going to be ready I don't I don't know that we could ever be ready to die you know uh, but the reality is it's going to happen one way or another yeah and we just we talked about that we talked about end of life and I tried my best to encourage her and, and tell her what the Bible says about heaven and what the bible says about dying and death and how it's only temporary and this old body is just it's just a a temporary home you know it doesn't last forever and our soul is what's eternal and uh you know that really uh, we've we've been in a lot of instances like that oh yeah Uh, but this one particular uh, moment very recent within the last two weeks uh it it really just resonated in my spirit for quite some time and uh you know it got me to thinking um, regret is is a is a horrible thing to have to try to deal with at the at the, in those moments. Right, the moment that this lady was just 
she was upset and crying because she felt like her life wasn't in that moment what she thought it should have been. And I can't, I, I'm not going to go into detail, but that's ultimately what it was, was regret. And it's been on my mind ever since. And, and God has been speaking to me about regret and God's been speaking to me about, uh, you know, the importance of this job and, and the importance of the calling that he puts on us. And young people, it's, it's, it, <laughs> Everything that you do right now matters. Oh yes. And I promise, when you when you're laying, uh, you know, in your deathbed, it's it's rough to say, but when you're laying there in that moment, all of those things come to mind because that's what this lady was struggling with. All of the many things that she felt like was wrong, mm-hmm. and things that she regretted. And uh, man, it's just it, it's you know, as hospice chaplains, we we deal with that, and, and that's part of our job. We help people through it, but not only as hospice chaplains but as youth directors right you know young people uh, inexperienced young people um like the ones listening to this podcast right now are 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 prime candidates for regret they're prime candidates to 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 fall and and shame and and guilt and when when you do something wrong or or when you you know when you you find yourself in a place where you don't really want to be and it's it brings on that shame it's a hard place to it's it's hard to deal with. Yeah. It is uh it, it's like a barrier. It's all, it's like you walk up to a brick wall and and you can't I can't move past this until I can shake this off. And it's kind of like a monkey on your back, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got a good grip and he's holding on. Uh, but I want to talk about regret today and and brother Cody's going to uh he's going to put his input in whenever he feels necessary, but I've got a lot of scripture, not a lot, but a, enough I have enough scripture here to, to kind of talk about this. And when I think about regret, I think about a lot of Bible characters. But the, in particular, the main person that I think about in the Bible that dealt with regret uh, was Paul. Yeah. Uh, Saul of, of, uh, of the New Testament who wrote, uh, you know, almost two-thirds of yeah, the, the whole New Testament. Uh, mighty man of God. Uh, somebody that God used mightily, you know had a past and he had things in his life that he had to move beyond uh for god to use him right and and i just want to talk about that today i want to talk about paul's regret and the first scripture that comes to mind uh i guess a focused scripture if you have your bibles um you may want to get your bible or you know open up your phone or whatever you're whatever you're on i've got an old-fashioned paper bible here um by the way, we have a Bible section in our Regenerate app. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, um, verse starting in verse 13. Just kind of a focus verse that I want to read here uh, that Paul penned to the Philippian church. It says uh, in Philippians 3, verse starting in verse 13, uh, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Uh, Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. That first, that verse 13, uh, you know, Forgetting those things which are behind. Um, that's regret. Yes. Or that's, that's where you deal with regret. 
Paul told us that we have to forget those things which lie behind and reach forth to the things which are before. And so I guess, you know, when you, when you have things in your past, it's kind of like a chain, Brother Cody. It's, uh, it's like when the Jews left Egypt. You know, it only took them one night to get out of Egypt, but it took God 40 years to get Egypt out of the Jews. That's right. You know, and sometimes our past is like that. Uh, even today, as a, you know, as a minister in this church and things, there are things that, that spring up at times, and, and you have to deal with those things, and sometimes that are just a moment. Oh yeah. But what do you what do you think about that? What do you think about Paul pinning that to the Philippian well, church? Well, I noticed that you know his wording here uh, in verse uh, fourteen, uh, he said, "I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus." Uh, you know, sometimes it's one thing uh, to to let go, but when you let go, you can't just stand there and dwell amongst your regret. Amen. You've got to begin to press toward what God has for you. And I think so many times is, you know, we quote unquote, let go of something. But do we really? Yeah. Do we really let go to, to let go to lay to truly lay something down on the altar? You don't need to uh, keep. How do I say you don't need to keep whenever it comes to your mind. It's not an invitation for you to continue to dwell on it. Yeah. You can dismiss that, and you can get victory over that and refuse to let that, like Bishop Wright says uh, concerning thought, he said, I can't control the birds that fly over my head, but I can prevent them from making a nest in my hat. Yeah. Uh, meaning that you can't necessarily control what thoughts come through your mind, but to dwell on those is a mistake. When God it delivers you of something and when God uh, does something in your life, we all make mistakes, but there's forgiveness uh, and and the enemy would love for you to just dwell among that regret. Yeah. But if we could just learn to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, we would all benefit from that. But I, I noticed that press it it, it when I read that, uh, and I'm sure there's a you know we know about the translations and all that. But when I read that, my initial thought is like a uh, it's not always easy. It's a struggle. It's like a, sometimes it just takes an extra little bit of effort to press toward that mark. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's hard letting go of regret. Like walking through jello. Right. I'm, yeah. I've never done that, but I that would be strange. You, you know. Yeah. You, you can well, see yourself trying to maybe like, walking through sand. You know. Yeah. Like you walk through sand. You press toward the car because you're tired of being out there on the beach because there's mosquitoes and that's right jellyfish and all these other things. Yeah, it's like pushing something. You know, right. You, you, you're pushing towards something. And that's what Paul was was emphasizing here, that it's it's really not easy. It implies effort. effort. That word press implies uh, effort. It's not just, a, oh, OK, I'm regret free now. And it's not like you're, you're pressing towards something that is nonchalant and and not worthy of attaining. The amplified version of verse 14 says, I press on. Uh, toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize. And, of course, we know that is salvation. Right. And, and, and you know, later on he, he writes about attaining the fullness of the stature of Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, that stature is, is something that we can attain. We can, we're pressing towards that, that stature and, and to be like him and, and to represent Jesus on this earth. We're the body of Christ. And so it's not just, a, a, you know, Lord, I invite you into my heart. Uh, and and recognize you as my savior, uh, that's easy. Right. That that's that's 
faith. That's an initial belief. You know, there's so much more, and there's so many steps beyond that. Uh, but pressing is is it's not easy. It's you know, not. It, it's thick. And when I when I hear that word press, I I get that sensation of of thickness and 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 moving through that and and uh, just effort. You know, effort is a good word. You used a good yeah. word there. It's like working out in the gym. It's been a long time since I've been in the gym, y'all. It's also been a long time since I've been in. The but gym. you know, you uh, in the gym, uh, Pastor Bayo taught me something that. Uh, it's been a long time since he's been there. Too. Yeah. Uh, in strength training, when you're building your strength and when you're building muscles, uh, you you press, bench press, for example. Right. You bench press weights until failure. And basically what that means is if you're if you're doing all that you can to build strength, you put a certain amount of weight on that bar and you bench press that bar until your muscles just utterly give out. And you want to drop the bar on your face like you want to you you want to scream save me because at that point you're halfway up and your whole body is shaking and there's Jesus sweat coming off your face and you're just like pushing and 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 brother Chad oh my goodness he used to oh he would like put his hands under the bar and be like come on come on and he would touch it just enough to make me think he was lifting it up but you know what he was doing he was in my mind he was putting a thought into my mind okay he's picking the weight up yeah and so he knew or he would recognize that uh, I was shaking and grunting and sweating, uh, but there was a little bit more effort there. And at the, at the end of the day, sometimes he had to help me. You know, sometimes he had to help me get that bar up and put it back on the rack. But there were other times when he would just put his hand there and, and, and act as if he was picking that weight up, and I would go ahead and push it on all the way up. And then we would rack the weights, and he'd be like, bro, I didn't even, I didn't even do anything. And basically what he was teaching me and what he was, of course, he was helping me, but he was teaching me that there's more effort there. And when you feel like you're failing, there's a whole lot more that you can give out and you can get that weight and you can press toward the mark of, of doing that. That's but right. It's awesome. Good deal. Um, that's just one scripture. First uh, Timothy chapter one, verse 15. Paul had a lot to, to be regretful of. You know, he, he there was a lot in his past. If you know Paul, he was a persecutor of Christ, and, and when he experienced Jesus Christ uh, personally for the first time, uh, he knocked him off his high horse, literally. Literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the road to Damascus, he actually had permits and papers uh, and saying, I'm going to Damascus to get Jews, to bring them back here, to persecute, to kill, to, to make martyrs of, and to, you know, to do torture, whatever, he, whatever his preferred flavor was, I guess. I don't know, but uh, Paul's salvation uh, moment for him was, you know, Jesus knocked him off of his high horse and blinded him. He couldn't see a thing for, what, three days? Mm -hmm. And he uh, met a man in, in uh, Damascus, uh, a prophet of God, and and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure the man spoke a lot of wisdom over him, and, and people were skeptical of him because they knew who he was and they knew what he did, but they didn't want to accept him because he was a murderer. Right. He had He was at the, the, the murder of Stephen. You know, he was at the, the murder of, of many other believers. Um, but Paul is, is very worthy of regret, you know, when talking about regret, because First uh, Timothy 1 and 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He's writing this letter to Timothy, and he's saying that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. And of all the sinners, I am the chief one because I persecuted him. 
I killed his followers. I made examples of them. I ridiculed them and, and just, you know, did my best. This is Paul saying, I just did my best, you know, to, to mar the name of Christ and sling mud on it. And if you read between the lines there, it really proves that, you know, first of all, he didn't forget what he did. But kind of going back to what I said earlier, he did not forget what he did. But obviously, when you look at what he did after that, he didn't dwell on it. He did not let his past stop him from fulfilling what God had ultimately called him to do. And that's something that young people that you can listen to um, and learn from today is, you know, you have a past, but I guarantee you that it's you. It's probably not like Paul's. Yeah. You know, uh, he did some stuff, but it didn't. He didn't let it stop him, and you shouldn't let it stop you either. Absolutely not. You know, the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, and, and even the things that Paul did, uh, you know, didn't separate him from the love of God, and it right. didn't separate him uh, in God's mind uh, from being able to work in the kingdom. Right. Guys, it doesn't matter what your past is, and it doesn't matter uh, who you've done. I feel like Paul, I have a patient that uh, she tells me all the time, I, well, I'm Jonah. I, I did what Jonah, you know, God told me to do something, but I ran. And I tell her all the time, well, I, I guess I feel like Paul, yeah, in a sense. And she's always like, oh, oh, Paul, now, easy there. And I'm like, well, let me tell you why. Because Paul said, I, of, the, of all the sinners, I'm the chief one. I'm the man. I'm the, the big daddy, I yeah. guess. And that's me. You know, I tell people all the time, if God can save me, if he can pull me out of the life that I've lived, and maybe that's something we can get into in a later, you know, later podcast. But yeah. if he can save me from the things that I've done, he can save anybody. That's right. I've I've done horrible things, you know, just speechless things that I wouldn't even re- re- recount on this podcast. Yeah. You know, for your ears to hear. But uh, you know, God uses me, and I'm humbled by that, and and I'm floored, and it it just amazes me. Yeah. That there is a God. That loves me that much, and it proves that he did. He loved you back then, just like yeah. he loved Paul. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. Yeah, God, Jesus loved Paul enough to knock him off that horse mm-hmm. and to save him and to use him for His glory. Like He could have chosen anyone. He could have left Paul doing what he was doing, yeah. slaying the Christians, just doing all these terrible things, and he would have ultimately died and and you know been judged. But he chose to save him, and, and, and like you, he chose to save you. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It just goes to show that the love of God is he doesn't operate like we do. Yeah, He does not write us off like people will write you off. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that God has an expected end for us. Right. And and um, even, even in those times when Paul was slaying people and, and gathering people up and beating them and doing all that, you know, God was preparing him. Absolutely. On the inside, and God was preparing him for what he had. You say, Brother Trey, how in the world could, you know, beating somebody or, or seeing to it that Stephen was stoned, how could that help him later on? Well, it's his testimony. Right. And the Bible says that we're overcomers by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, so the mercy and, and of God taking away our sin, but also uh, the testimony, the things that we've been through. Paul had a testimony. Absolutely. And he talks about it. Uh, numerous times in his writings in the New Testament, but that didn't hold him back from doing the work of God. And even in doing the work of God and in his relationship with God, bad things happened to Paul. And, you know, uh, the Bible says, uh, I got a verse here, a few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 
23. It says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant and stripes above measure. In prisons, more frequent in death, deaths oft of the Jews. Five times I received, uh, received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Paul went through some stuff. He went through some stuff. After his conversion uh, to being a Christian, which at that time was not a compliment to be called a Christian. Uh, Paul went through some junk, and and that just goes to show you that once you uh, you know accept the call that God has on your life and you experience uh, you know baptism of the Holy Ghost and and baptism in Jesus' name and you move into ministry, bad things are still going to happen, but you don't have to regret those things again because it's adding to your testimony. You don't have to regret that you still struggle. Because God is slowly working you and he's slowly, uh, you know, helping you press toward that mark. And he's slowly helping you. Things don't happen overnight. They can. Right. Some things, you know, God at the snap of a finger can just eliminate from your life. But not everything is like that. You know, uh, Brother Court Chavis has a message called Pharaoh's Fine Print. And it's a phenomenal message. I recommend it to any young person. Good word. Good word. But it, essentially he talks about how... Pharaoh tried to deal with Moses on the, the, the Jews that were in Egypt. He tried to, to get him to, oh, well, you can go away, but you can only go as, as far as a day's journey. And we know that Egypt was a, a type and shadow of sin, and it was a, a place that represented the world. And when the Jews came out of that, they left sin. Right. Or they left the, the type of sin, and they left the type of the world. And, and man, what a powerful message. But Sin can be a chain on you, and it can only let you go a day's journey, you know. But God is is totally able, after 40 years for some of these Jews, uh, to completely get Egypt out of you and allow you to go into his promise. It's a, man, it's a powerful, powerful word. Amen. But Paul went through so much stuff, and you don't see anywhere in the Scripture where it says he regrets being shipwrecked, where he regrets being bitten on the hand by a viper and... and and just slinging it off. Doesn't say he regrets being stoned. I'm sure he didn't enjoy it. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Never been bitten by a snake, Brother oh, Cody. Um, but I'll just tell you this. I would scream like a girl. I would flop and flip. And, I would require much counsel and, afterwards. Oh, yeah. You know? i tell you what, man. I, I don't do snakes. There's three kinds of snakes I don't like, to be specific. There's live ones, dead ones, and sticks that look like one. <laughs> So sticks that look so like so keep those away from me and we will be fine. Be like Bill Dance in yeah. a, a fishing show where a snake <laughs> falls into the boat and he just jumps out. Oh, I would do the same thing. Oh yeah, there would be no question about it. Absolutely. I want to give you guys some practical advice, and we, we're going on an hour here. Um, we're going to try to wrap this up pretty soon. And appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, but there's some practical advice in the Bible that talks about that teaches us how to deal with regret. 
And uh, we're going to wrap the show up on this practical advice, just things that you can actually apply to your life and things that you can actually, uh, you know, read this word and get it in your heart and get it in your mind and help you overcome some of the things that you may regret, some of the sin, maybe a sin that you still struggle with, maybe situations that still affect you emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically, all of those things. uh, You know, sin has effects on all of those areas in your life. Uh, in First John, chapter one, verse nine. First John, chapter one, verse nine. The Bible says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." That has been one of my favorite scriptures for the longest time. I mean, that is such clear English. I mean. I really, there was a time in my life where I really needed that yeah. because I, and what happened was I really, for a long time, I battled with the fact that, well, I say the fact, I battled with the thought that God did not love me and that there was no forgiveness. It was, I had reached the point to where now I'm beyond the point of just asking, mm-hmm. you know, now there's something I've got to do beyond that, uh, in order to be forgiven. Yeah. And the Lord through that, in that season of my life brought the scripture to me. And it proved to me that all you got to do is ask. Yeah. If I mean, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then I love how it says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. This, um, in the Amplified Version, it says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. You see, a lot of times regret is based off of a bad decision. You don't regret making a thousand dollars on your paycheck. Right. Right. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, uh, you don't regret, uh, you know, when you, when you get a big win, you regret the bad things and you regret the bad decisions. And it's always tied to sin. Regret is, is just, uh, it evolves around sin. And so we, um, we have to freely admit and confess those sins. Sometimes the root of, of the regret is a sin. Right, And we have to pray for God to reveal that, and we have to pray for God to show that sin to us so that we can confess it, you know. Uh, he'll bring it to our minds, and He'll bring it out of the depths of our heart where we've buried it and, and, and covered it up with hours of scrolling on social media or hours of video games or television. We've forgotten about it, but God hasn't forgotten. Right, And He sees that root, and uh, He'll bring it to our minds so that we can first confess it. And it's not like you have to go around the church and, and tell everybody, you know, this is my sin. I've struggled with, uh, you know, lying. I'm a liar. You know, you don't have to confess it to everybody, but God wants you to have the, enough faith that he's going to deliver you from it for you to speak it out of your mouth. Bring it to him. And, and confess it freely. You know, let it come out freely. But it says in the Amplified, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And in parentheses, it says, true to his own nature and promises. That's the definition of just. He's true to his nature. To his nature. And and God is not, uh, uh, he is, for one, he's not a respecter of persons. So, uh, you know, he doesn't look at the one that, the person that's highly blessed and highly favored and, and forgives them, but he won't forgive you. No, that's not true. God will forgive anyone who will freely admit and freely, uh, you know, admit to these things. But he is true to his own nature and promises, and he will, the Bible says, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously 
cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. Amen. That is a powerful, powerful word. That's in 1 John 1 and 9. Uh, the Bible, in, in the book of Romans, I'm going to flip to Romans and, and uh, read you a passage of Scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, again, practical information for dealing with regret. Uh, the book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 1 records, um, There is now no condemnation. I'm going to get to the verse. But, you know, sometimes the devil will condemn you in life and people will condemn you, but God is not going to condemn you. Right. And young person, if you're regretting something that you've done in your past or in your recent past, if you, if you regret something God, and you're feeling condemned, God is not going to condemn you. He doesn't work through condemnation. He works through conviction. And He works uh, lovingly. He, it's not like a heavy... Uh, just some heavy barrage of attacks. You need to repent. You, you've done, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're a horrible person. That's not how God works. Right. He's very loving in his conviction, and he's very loving in bringing up the fact um, that you have sinned, and he wants you to deal with it. But Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, that is true repentance. When you, when you totally walk not after the flesh, because uh, the flesh is, is weak, the flesh is prone to sin, the flesh is, is uh, in most times, the one running the show. Right. You know, when your spirit is weak, your flesh is strong, and when you're doing things that please your flesh, that, that uh, feels good to your flesh, your flesh is, is uh, temporal. Like, it, it's going to go away. Uh, the Bible teaches that the flesh is, the body is, is, is uh, temporary, but the soul is eternal. The soul, yeah. the soul from when God made that soul, it is going to exist forever. And that soul is what's going to uh, answer for all of the decisions that you made in your flesh. Right. And so... True repentance is walking away from the decisions of the flesh and walking away from the, the things that please your flesh. That's what fasting is for. When you fast, you, you deny the flesh. And we don't like to fast. No. The flesh does not like to. <laughs> the flesh does not like to fast at all. Deny food. And it's not going to call you into a fast. Yeah, deny a, a person. Deny an activity or, or, you know, social media. We go on social media fast. You, you fast your favorite meal, you fast your favorite beverage. That's not fun. But the Bible says that if we will not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit, then we're not going to experience condemnation. Condemnation is a heavy, heavy, horrible weight that the enemy uses against you. And the Bible tells us to cast our cares upon him because upon Jesus, because he loves us. Right. And if we're feeling condemnation, young person, no, that's not from God. God doesn't condemn you. He loves you, and it's it's just a powerful, powerful thing. That's like Bishop has taught. Um, right now, God is not your judge. He's not. God, think of God if you were thinking of a courtroom situation. Wow. God is not the judge behind that that thing looking at you, and he's ready to sentence you to, to eternal damnation. No, but right now, he's the lawyer standing beside you. And he's the lawyer. This is all comes from Bishop Dobbs. He's the lawyer standing beside you saying, we're going to make it through this. 
I'm going to help you in this. We're going to we're going to win this case. And that's God on your side. He's not wanting you to he's not waiting on you to mess up so that he can condemn you because that's what he does. Yeah. He is on your side. He wants you to win and succeed. And if we could just realize that that he's not wanting us to, you know, waiting on us to sin, but rather he's there with a, as a loving father, it would change the way we it would change our whole world. Yeah. It's a he's he's there waiting with a newness of life, and the Bible says a few chapters earlier that Paul or we say Paul, I say Paul. Paul wrote the book of Romans, uh, but you know that's up for debate. But uh, in Romans six, uh, in verse number four, Paul wrote or the the writer wrote, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should also walk in newness of life. When you're baptized into his name, it says when you're baptized into death, when you're buried with him through baptism, it's like his death. And so we go down in a watery grave. And it's not the water that cleanses us. It's the, it's, it's the faith that we apply, and it's the obedience to the word of God, and it's the grace and mercy and blood of Jesus Christ that washes us clean. And those things wash away that sin. That's how you deal with sin. You know, when if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, that's why it's so important. You know, Jesus told Nicodemus that you have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And and that blood has to be applied to your life. And that that death, we, we can't, you know, we're all going to die eventually unless we're raptured and the Lord takes us away. Right. But, uh, you know, we have to die. He died. Somebody had to die to pay for our sin. It was him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die on a cross. So instead, I'm going to obey his command, and I'm going to go down in a watery grave and apply his name, apply what he did on the cross to my life and the blood that he shed to my life and wash away that sin and then get that regret out of there. It's like uh, washing it out with a, uh, you know, you got mud in the crack in the sidewalk and you want to wash it out. You get that water hose and you spray it out. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It gets down into the cracks. It gets down into the, the nooks and crannies and holes and, and places, and it just washes every bit of it away. You don't have to go down two or three times. You go down in Jesus' name, and his name is the name above all names when it's applied to your life. So we die with him in death. That's how you deal with sin. You repent, and you are baptized in Jesus' name. Um, two scriptures, uh, very familiar scriptures that I want to end, I want to close with. Um, we're going to go to the book of Titus. Chapter 3, <laughs> of course I had to bring Titus 3 in. As you all know, this is our uh, our youth group. The The basis of, of or the, one of the base scriptures that our youth group is founded upon. And it works so well. It is so awesome. Uh, Titus chapter 3. I'm going to get there in my big old thick uh, parallel study Bible. I love those parallel Bibles. Bro, it is a godsend. They are wonderful. Phenomenal tool. Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 3. It says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Uh, That's verse 4. Verse 5 says, not by works 
of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It's phenomenal it is. how it applies and how it speaks to regret. It says, you know, we, we ourselves were foolish. I've been foolish. I have too. I've been disobedient. I sure have. I've been deceived. I've been a deceiver. I've served diverse lusts and pleasures, and I've lived in malice and envy, and I've been hateful to other people and hateful to myself, and, and it's just not a, a good place to be, and I regret those things, or I have regretted those things in the past. But, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Amen. Jesus, God, manifested himself in the flesh and appeared. And it's not by our works. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done. Right. I, I, you know, I've, I, I'm not righteous in, in, by my own means in any sense. But it's all according to his mercy. It's according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is baptism in Jesus' name and infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's why it's so important. He shed his blood for us. And uh, we're justified by his grace. What a powerful scripture. The final few verses that I want to read you guys is God gives us a whole armor. It talks about in Ephesians chapter six. Um, you know, you probably heard a million preachers preach on Ephesians chapter six, the whole armor of God. Uh, Pastor Bayo has preached on it a lot. He's taught us that a lot. And it's a, the whole armor of God, brother Cody is something that you can pray onto yourself right every single day. Absolutely. If you so choose to do so, and it offers you, it affords you protections Spiritual protections. It's not a physical armor because we wrestle not against flesh and bone, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and those many, many things. Uh, but starting in verse 10, Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the, uh, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And this is where it gets good. This is where the, the, the pieces of the armor start being applied to your life. And this is, you can pray these things on. Uh, the Bible says in, in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 14, Stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth and having one having on the bless, the breastplate of righteousness i heard brother uh, pastor jerry anthony say that the belt of truth is the most important or one of the most important pieces i think it was brother jerry anthony no i think it might have been brother jeff arnold said that the belt of truth is one of the most important i mean of course they're all important right but everything connects to the belt yeah everything connects to truth the breastplate of righteousness attaches to truth. That's right. The, the sword of the Spirit attaches to truth. The shield of faith hangs from the belt of truth. And it, uh, everything is, is, is applied from the belt of truth. It says, um, And having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, this is what Brother Jerry Anthony said, above all, above all, above all, take, taking the shield of faith, 
uh, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, in this armor, uh, what's going to protect you from the hurt and the pain of regret, uh, the, the downfall of your sin? and It's going to help you deal. What you apply is, um, I believe, the breastplate of righteousness. That's what's going to... Uh, protect your heart it protects your vital organs it protects uh, your heart and and your soul and it protects you know uh, when in not your mind the the helmet of salvation is what protects your mind but you uh the the when you have a, a struggle in your life and it begins as a thought you can deal with a thought as brother as bishop wright said right but when that thought moves from a thought to an emotion it goes from the head to the heart Right. And that's where the source of acting on something which causes you to sin, which eventually causes you to regret. It's a it's a pattern. It, it just it's a process that you move into. And so put on that breastplate of righteousness, young person, put it on your life and and uh, let God protect your heart with his righteousness. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, as the Bible says in Titus three and five, which is uh, the key verse of our youth group. But it's according to his mercy that he saved us amen we really hope that this has uh, helped somebody we really hope that uh that this has uh, been a help to you we've kind of talked for over an hour now uh, but this is good stuff and we're going to be back with uh, more segments on adulting the summer series of the regenerate podcast the outlet uh, i want to thank brother cody for being here with me and uh, providing the equipment and regenerate for sponsoring this podcast but guys we love you we believe in you. Absolutely. We, we know that, that you have the full capability of uh, fulfilling the ministry and the calling that God has on your life. And we just want you guys to take this information and just apply it to your life. And we just, you know, I, I don't know about you, Brother Cody, but I enjoy watching our young people grow. I love it. And I, I really do. Watching them achieve what God has for them. So and if there's ever a time where you need either of us, we're here for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love you guys. You hope, we hope you have a good day, good night. Whenever you're listening to this, uh, this has been The Outlet uh, with Brother Trey Bird and Brother Cody Do It. We'll catch you next time. See you later.